Welcome to Think Orphan, the podcast for orphan excellence. Real talk with real people navigating the global orphan crisis. Let's join our hosts, Phil Dark and Kelly Stewart. Welcome to the Think Orphan podcast, where we seek to help you navigate the orphan crisis with experts from around the world. We are headed into part two of an interview that we started last week. So I just want to encourage you that if you did not listen to part one of our interview with Victor Marks, that you just go ahead and press pause and go back and listen uh, to the first part because it is definitely worth your time. And we really just pick up um, kind of in the middle of the interview. And so we would love for you just to to know exactly uh, the wisdom he had been sharing and then kind of end it with this second part. So Phil, with that, why don't you explain a little bit more about uh, part one and also a little bit about Victor? Yeah. So in part one, as you'll, as you'll hear, as you already heard, um, Victor really just kind of sets up his, the ministry that he has with All Things Possible Ministries. He's the founder and president of All Things Possible um, just really what his heart is, what his ministry is. He shares so much in those first 30 minutes or so of this interview. And I am, I am so thankful to him as a person, as a friend, but also just as a leader and the work he is doing, um, in our country here in the United States and around the world. I know we have people all around the world listening in. And so if he is anywhere near you working, um, or speaking or anything, you'll definitely want to connect with him and, and hopefully collaborate with him on the work that you're doing and he's doing because I know he is a collaborator um, among all the other things that he is. Uh, so, you know, there's there's something too before we go into part two of this. I just wanted to say something. I've been wanting to say it for a long time um, and I keep forgetting to. So today I remembered. So we're going to I'm actually going to share something really about the the kind of the, the hope and dream we have for this podcast is is to help people think better. That's about all these issues, to think better, deeper, and to challenge you out there listening, to challenge Kelly and I ourselves on, you know, just how we're thinking about these really, really hard issues around the world that, that, that surround the care of orphaned and at-risk children. And, and with that, you know, we really try to get people, we purposefully bring people onto the show with different views to make us think better, to challenge us to think more deeply about these issues. And with that being said, you know, the reality with that is you won't agree with everything that everyone says. If you actually, if you do agree with every, everyone and everything on this show, you, 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 quite frankly, you're not listening. You're not engaging well enough. Um, and I just encourage you, not just on this show, but just in life, to listen to other people and to listen to why they believe what they believe. Because so many people out there, and they're really smart, will disagree with you. And if you go into it and think, oh man, you just don't think, well, you don't understand life, that's really, you're not going to get very far in a lot of conversations. And, and that's something that, you know, I've learned the hard way sometimes, um, but it's something that I'm learning more and more to, to listen, truly listen to people. Try to enter into, again, enter into their life and enter into what they're thinking. And then that way I can engage the conversation so much deeper. And oftentimes it'll make me think of things and think of issues, um, really seeing the other side of it. So that's something that I just have been wanting to say. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and, and just really um, your thoughts on that and any other issues that we're talking about on this show through your comments on um, uh, on Facebook or, you know, to, to direct message us on Twitter or e- email us at info at thinkorphan.com. 
Also, if you could go and rate the show and, and just give a, give a few words of a review on a show, it helps the show get out there to a whole lot more people. Uh, share it on Facebook. Share it to your friends in other ways because this is something that we're hoping this conversation will continue to get um, uh, more and more people involved in this conversation, to engage more and more people with these issues so that with the end goal, really, of being able to love the orphan and the at-risk children around the world better and deeper um, every day. So with that, let's get back to my interview with Victor Marks. Here we go. Part two, which picks up right where we left off last week. Here it goes. How do you overcome that cycle that could continually go down and down and spiral downward? Well, I think first you have to arrest it. You have to actually recognize and arrest that your behavior is, I tell people, our behavior tells on us. And you have to come out of a denial state of coping. Or like me, I was I was like the master at minimalization. People would go, yeah, you know, well, what, uh, you know, whatever, it's not a big deal. You know, and then I was working through a counselor. They're going, uh, yeah, you were electrocuted. You were tied down and electrocuted. That is a pretty big deal, Victor. <laughs> I thought, well, you know, it, and it actually took three months into me visiting with a trauma specialist before I ever said I was abused. Huh. <laughs> wow. And that was the first time that that doctor started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because she had actually shed some tears listening to me tell of my uh, my childhood. But she started laughing. I was like, uh, what's funny about that? I just said the A word. <laughs> she goes, do you realize this is the first time you've ever said and agreed that you were abused? Hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, wow, that was uncomfortable. So, you know, you, you recognize be honest, admit, and then realize and go, hey, look, I, 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 through self-awareness, cognitive assessment of my behavior, and if they're brave enough, listening to people that love them around them saying, <laughs> you're jacked up hmm. in some areas, uh, start to go, okay, well, I guess I need help. And believe me, uh, as far as, you know, overcompensating for machoism and all that, that, that was pretty much me. I mean, you know, Marine Corps, right. martial arts master, 26, would fight. You know, I was just trying to compensate to, for my value as a, I'm a man and I, you know, all this. And it was really a loving wife that, you know, I knew she cared. I knew she loved me. But she would just say, honey, you're, you're not processing things right. right. Meaning, you know, I would transfer anger. My reactions wouldn't be responses. A guy cuts us off, you know, at a red light. And he blows through a red light. And he could have hit our car had mm -hmm. I not been aware. Oh, I chased him for 45 minutes in our vehicle. Hmm. And through three cities, I called four law enforcement agencies till I finally got this guy pulled over because he was a big 18-wheeler. And then, you know, I drove by him slow as they're pulling him out and hooking him up and rolling my window and wave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And and then we're driving back home, 45 minutes from our little town. <laughs> it's Sunday after church. And my wife reaches over and grabs my arm and she just goes, uh, honey, you, you do know that's not normal behavior. <laughs> and I'm saying, hey, broad, come on, my broad, calm down. And my kids are in the backseat, big eyed, you know. But yeah. see, when I was a child, that was normal. Right. Pulling out guns, you know, that was all normal. And I started having to realize, wow, okay, maybe I'm not processing things right. So being honest, right. recognizing, and then going, okay, but what, is, what does help look like? Right. Wow. And, and speaking of that, what does help look like in, in the, the trauma and, and different uh, experiences with PTSD that you've had and the trauma you've had in your life, that's, that's really led to the creation of a, a film project called Triggered yep. that um, I'm really excited about. I know I'm not nearly as excited about it as you are. Um, and I know so many people who are involved with it are very excited for this to come out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about what Triggered is? And uh, how it's going to hopefully impact so many different people. Thank you. Yeah. Triggered is a documentary film for hope and healing for all who suffered from trauma. We cover real life cases of, uh, you know, individuals from children all the way up to the most elite special operations unit guys, you know, who did the deal and understand that aspect as a veteran to housewives, right, who lost husbands to parents who lost children unexpectedly. We cover the full gamut of really what trauma is. And people are telling their story. And uh, many of them, first time. First time they ever shared. So it's so raw. It's so real. Mm. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a slick, <laughs> you know, generic. It's a movie made for people who will not watch movies about trauma, mm. right? We, we have and gathered some of the most amazing uh, uh, people in their field who have helped and are qualified to give their position on different modalities for healing. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a full gambit right. uh, uh, from short, immediate, quick response to helping a person to, you know, uh, j- just regroup, you know, to canine therapy so it's uh i know this we've we've shown the raw uh the the raw you know aspect of it and we've already gotten tremendous response from uh friends at the pentagon Hmm. who are like oh my gosh their their desires like we'd like this shown at every you know base uh in in that particular military branch and you know, we're just like, so we're really excited. It is very quickly uh, done. Uh, I mean, when your people listen to this podcast, it's it's going to be out. So we're doing screenings um, uh, across the country. We're having it translated also in Arabic, uh, mm-hmm. by the way. But our goal, and you know, uh, is to have it either very accessible through. You know, I, I don't know what uh, if it's going to be Netflix or blah blah blah. Or, right. uh, but uh, at uh, you know, our deal is th- there is this is not a money project. 
uh, it's actually a message project. So, yeah. you know, like my film, we'll probably put it on social media mm-hmm. and where people can access it. But it really, I'll tell you what this film is going to do, Phil. It's going to stop people from spiraling downwards. Mm. It will arrest them in their dysfunctional way of living. It will save marriages and it will stop young and old from killing themselves because of lack of hope. Mm. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I've been in the battlefield, you know, in these, these recent horrible conflicts. And, um, and I'll tell you, uh, more Americans and more people are dying, you know, veterans, 22 a day. Uh, because of the cause of trauma, mm. far more than than military people dying on on the battlefield. So yeah. uh, this is the unseen enemy that I've gone after with some very qualified, passionate people. And uh, for for those who watched the uh, film The War Room, which had pretty good success in theaters, mm-hmm. uh, one of their key producers. Uh, Larry Frenzel has taken over the project for the final leg, and uh, he's he's finishing it up. So we're real privileged to have him. Who and, he, and he's he's a dear friend and brother. And actually, they've been supporting our ministry for years. So it's been it's uh, he he and his son, you know, went into a youth prison with me years ago when his mm-hmm. kid was a teenager, who's now all grown up. So it's really great to have people who are passionate. And very, very respected in their fields of, right. you know, study. So, yeah. Well, I'm super excited for that. And how, how can our audience help, you know, if they, if they want to help make this film project happen, if they want to help with the other work ATP is doing around the world, how can they, how can they get involved with that? Well, thanks for asking. I, I, I just always tell people, you know, we have to be practical uh, when we hear something that's great, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say... Go to our website, victormarkswithanx.com, victormarkswithanx.com, and sign up for our e-newsletter, right, where you're guaranteed to have something dropped in your mailbox, you know, once a week, or they can pray, because prayer is what makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Prayer is really what makes a difference. The other thing for people who have, you know, gift of giving and able, you know, support the work. Uh, that that allows us to do more, but then utilize the resources that we have right now. Your audience listening, if they're reaching troubled youth, orphans, anything like that, uh, they can contact our office. We will send them, you know, a boatload of resources they can use, including my film and book, and however we can do to help them. And we always do that for free. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way, you know, God has directed us. Right. So, you know, utilize our resources to help equip them to do their work. Pray for us. And then those who feel led can support us. Well, there's about, I have three more questions for you. Yep. And the, you know, before we get into the last two that I ask everybody, I want you to share the story Um well, a few months ago, just a little background, a few months ago, you, you called me and said, hey, I got this thing that I'm going to be going over to Iraq to do. Mm-hmm. And we talked for about 45 minutes or so. I connected you with a friend who was able to give you some advice. Mm-hmm. But it really is a story of 
how God is working in and through you, in and through all things possible in awesome ways, in ways mm. that really you God has uniquely prepared you for, mm. but that clearly has prepared other people for as well. And and I just want you to share the story of the the first, you know, how God has used you with some a couple high ranking uh, yeah. leaders in the Islam religion. Yeah. Um, yeah. and what, you know, especially the first time yeah. you went over there right. and what happened on this trip that was supposed to be a quick in and out yep. because there was some danger potentially. So can you just yeah. tell that story? Sure. It, it's just the one where I, where I expanded my Tupperware business. <laughs> yeah. The, the multi-level marketing. Yes, okay, exactly. Yeah, yes. I was burping Tupperwares and, uh, is that what they're called? Tupperwares? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> okay. what the plural is. I think- well, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Thank you for asking that. This, you know, uh, I'm an evangelist by gifting and calling, and I've always been very passionate about presenting the gospel. And then, you know, uh, you, you travel outside the country and you go to other cultures and you can't necessarily package it as a Western approach to presenting the gospel. Can I hear an amen? Anybody out there, right? Yep. Uh, and you start learning uh, that the Holy Spirit's got to do a lot more than you. So we had an, um, the work that we'd been doing in that region for a couple of years got noticed uh, by a senior Islamic leader who um, had tremendous influence in all of Islam, both on the Sunni and the Shia side. And so much so that uh, all I can say is that the senior leadership of ISIS had been significantly impacted by this individual, significantly. And um, uh, I was asked by one of our support groups, uh, you know, they said, hey, Victor. Uh, and and these, these were people who had spent a lot of time in Iraq during the war, you know, um, uh, and they realized – uh, and believe me, these are the highest level professionals uh, that was uh, doing the deal. Mm-hmm. Trust you, me, uh, you know, that are in units that supposedly don't exist. Um, and they just said, hey, Victor, we've got an individual that, you know, wants to meet with you if you're willing to, because one, he has tremendous influence. Um, and, and I mean, in a nutshell at, at the time and that and all that, you know, uh, uh, he, he, it was just, he doesn't like what's happened that how ISIS has hijacked the Quran and in his point of view, twisted the scriptures and, you know, they're doing evil. Mm-hmm. So he would like to meet with you. Um, so we, we, we took the meeting. It was supposed to be 72 hours in the country from wheels down to wheels up because of the threat level, but we met and I, you know, I'm about the most unqualified person, especially at that time (laughs) to meet with any Islamic senior leader. And so when we met my first question, you know, and I had a security team had my interpreter, we met in a pretty secure place. And, and, uh, he, this is my first question, sir. I just have to ask you, do, do you want to cut my head off? <laughs> and I mean, my security team, you know, these are former unit guys, you know, uh, SF guys, you know, elite. And they're just, they're just going, oh my gosh. 
He did not just say that. And even the interpreter was going, I, I do not think I should. I do not think I should say that. I said, ask, ask him. Let's just get this right on out. And he asked him. And this man who we call the professor uh, because of his influence mm-hmm. leaned back, looked at me and smiled. <laughs> and he said, of course not. I said, well, I had to ask it because that's what general population in America believes and most Christians that uh, you, uh, senior Sunni uh, Islamic Salafist, would, um, who has the influence, uh, you know, and then that's how we started the conversation. Right. As a result of being honest, open, transparent, um, uh, and trusting each other. You know, I told him, I said, I, I don't know anything about Islam. I never went to a mosque. He goes, well, do you want to go? I was like, sure. We ended up at a mosque that <laughs> night against all my securities caution. You know, they were just dying going, this is, this is crazy. Right. And, uh, and yet because of that step risk. Um, and let me say this, let, let me say this. We have learned, I have learned there's a significant difference between fear, which are only imaginations that by and large aren't even real. Right. They're, they're just in your mind tormenting you. What if? And then, and I, I've learned by the grace of God to take those thought captives and dismiss them. I don't like messing with fear. It's an energy sucker and it's a, it's debilitating. Now, on the other hand, danger, danger is real, mm-hmm. but danger you can prepare for, you can deal with and trust God with the rest. Right. So, uh, because I went to this mosque and developed this quick, unbelievable relationship with this guy, he was the one that took us to a abandoned Christian church that at the time had 13 families, Christian mm-hmm. families that had been persecuted by ISIS and fled genocide. Mm-hmm. And he brought us in and said, can you help them? They were shocked looking at this imam, uh, you know, and then they were shocked looking at us going, who are y'all? Right. We, we explained. And as a result, uh, every one of those families has been reached, rescued and resettled in a different country. Mm. And we give God all the glory for it. Mm. But that that started this whole amazing uh, high risk strategic because I've been so much about the tactical point, give water, food, help, you know, and we still do that in trauma relief. But then God has shown me, yeah, keep your teams doing that. Keep your associate teams, help for, you know, support, fund, facilitate. But the Lord showed me, I'm going to use you to help change on a global scale the ability for ISIS to recruit, for extremists to get so much momentum. And uh, by meeting with leaders that make a difference in the Islamic world. Uh, This last meeting I just had, this Islamic leader had influence over 300 million uh, Muslims, 12,000 mosques. He actually will be um, he, he's expressed interest to run for president for Iraq mm. in uh, 2018. He agreed to meet with me, um, flew out of Iraq, and met me in another Middle Eastern country for security reasons. 
this is a fellow who goes in a tin vehicle, convoy, you know, arm, I mean, armored up everything. Uh, and we met two hours. We met. He allowed me to bring a little film crew in, record all of our conversation. And we have him on film saying ISIS is not the caliphate. Hmm. ISIS is evil. Then he went on to share that he had predicted the last four extremist movements in the Middle East, and the U.S. government never took heed. And then he gave me on film the next level of extremism, the next wave that's coming after ISIS. Hmm. And he said, it is far worse than anything ISIS has done. And I know who he's talking about, and I completely agree because before I went in that meeting, I knew. And and uh, and I, I'll tell people uh, once they order my who's next nine ninety five booklet <laughs> online, download it. Go to victormarch.com. No, <laughs> no, I'll tell you right now, it is the children who have been affected by ISIS that are in IDP camps and refugee camps, mm. they will be the next wave of extremism that's far mm. more intense. And right now, these kids are hurting, but they're reachable. Right. And, and we had better put, I say we, all nations, all aspects of faith who want to keep this extremism out of uh, which is like a cancer. I call it a cancer. Yeah. And and we can agree on common areas, right? Yeah. Different faiths to stop cancer. Yeah. And um, but uh, again, the UN put out uh, a report that 14 million children will be affected. Wow. And when you have when you watch your dad's head be cut off, yeah. Your sister raped in front of you, then taken as a slave, and and uh, you sit in a you sit in a tent. For two years, you know, begging God, um, begging the U.S. to help, begging the world to respond, and nobody does. There's pain, and there's anger, and there's there's a reckoning day, and um, and hell, hell is going to be unleashed mm-hmm. because it will be demonic. Right. And I believe the greatest sense of taking advantage of these kids' pain. So, and it's mm. just a few years away. Mm. So that's why we are intentionally and deliberately. Well, we're we're moving over there, right? Um, and you know, we're we've already got our, um, you know, our base of operation and resident in northern Iraq, uh, and um, uh, you know, to expand our impact in the region and you know people think we're crazy and i say we are what a k but we're hearing god and we're going to establish this uh you know uh our ability to reach hundreds of thousands of kids and and those listening if they listen if they want us to help them we'll send them some but it's called a lion and lamb they're trauma tools. They're little mm-hmm. stuffed animals, a lion and a lamb that has music specific to the culture, region, and language that help diminish the effects of anxiety and panic caused from trauma. And then also prayers in children's languages. 
And then we want to be able to equip this little lion or lamb to hold and carry, you know, a boo-boo Band-Aid kit with anesthetic, you know, practical things. And then a little, you know, a little illustrated comic book on trauma, uh, possibly a little bit about my life, uh, that they understand what's happening to their mind and then help detour them in a different way uh, so that they don't go toward darkness. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. And, absolutely. and uh, so, yeah, we're we're excited, we're intentional. And um, it's funny because people in our U.S. government are absolutely thrilled. Our military, they know what we're doing because we got on the radar meeting with all these different people. And they're like, what can we do to help? I say, don't get in our way and <laughs> right. uh, let us just continue. Uh, but it is dangerous. Yeah. The gentleman I spoke of that met with me on film, giving me this insight, he flew back to Iraq. And within 48 hours, he was targeted and shot by a sniper from ISIS. Mm. By the goodness and the grace of people praying God, um, uh, being there, he did not die. And he's recovered. And I just heard, you know, got message from him four days ago that he's absolutely uh, committed to continue to working with us right. uh, to help diminish the effects of extremism in the next wave. So, That's uh, yeah, so pretty amazing stuff. Absolutely. And that that goes to what we talked about earlier, just the the immediate and interconnectedness of the the work you're doing with everything that we're talking about on this show, everything that we talk about with orphan care. So many of these kids in ISIS, so many of these kids that are the next wave are orphaned. They're they're mm-hmm. at, and at the very the very least they're at risk. I mean they're they're in places that are. If we don't come in into that fray, it will affect mm-hmm. us personally. It will affect us deeply and greatly in our lives mm-hmm. here in the U.S. Even you know, and oh, especially no for doubt. our global audience, it's a lot closer to some of the folks listening in. So these are things that you know more than just. So, you know, uh, yeah, the adoptions and the foster care, that's, that's critical and that's important, but we need to see how all this stuff is connected and all this stuff we need to dive into deeply and work together on it. And so thank you for that work. And, and it's something that I, I am blown away every time I hear these stories and, you, and, and this, a lot of this is documented in videos oh, and yeah. different things, these specifics. I know I've seen some videos that, that you've been doing Victor and you, you folks out there, you can find it on Victor's uh, Facebook page. Um, the website has some of the information as well. Some of these videos, uh, the YouTube videos, um, we'll, we'll put all these links on the, on the show notes for this, um, that will point you to, to be able to find some of this stuff. But no, we got to wrap this up. Um, I know I could talk to you for, for, for a long time on this. Unfortunately, there hey, is a lot of info out there on can, these can things. Can I say, can yeah. I just say this? Yes. Uh, and, and, and th- this is just a reality. I, you know, I want to thank you and, and Keith McFarland for putting out that book. In pursuit of orphan excellence, mm-hmm. that really helped. That that was a paradigm shift for me, mm. Phil, uh, in a way because it, you you covered um, this topic and issues and addressed it in a way with such clear, relevant, new insight that I had never even it never even crossed my frontal cortex, dude. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it really helped shape my worldview and way of thinking that has impacted what I'm doing today. 
And for that, I'm, I'm, I'm truly grateful. I'm, I'm still bummed you made me pay for it. Uh, that was such, and 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 it was actually over the retail price. I checked it. I don't know. You, you said it's because you signed it and you had to charge me. Uh, yes, yeah. much. It was just for you. That was your price. It was a special okay. price for you. Well, well, uh, it was worth it. No, I, I and, and I would just encourage people: don't cringe at the thought of why would I want to read a book about orphan excellence care read it it's not what you think it's so oh my gosh it's the answer in so many ways to huge huge issues that make it there and i and man you did the hard work and you told the hard truth which uh i know you and you're a warrior and you get after it so thank you hey, you're uh, welcome thank you man well that presumably if there's another thing to say but what what have you read Listen to your watch over the past few years um, that has most impacted your thinking on the issues we've discussed today. Um, if it's that or something else. Um, well, that, I mean, that, that's that been key. Yeah. I mean, that, that has been key. And I think, um, I think I've read people's lives. Yeah. I've seen kids, you know, an, an eight-year-old girl that was held for seven months, ISIS. That changes things. Mm. You know, you feel the... You feel the sweat of their hands and yours. You see, you see the reflection of terror of what they experience in their eyes, and uh, that's why we keep going back. Hmm. That's why we're moving to the region to set up stuff, and, and that's why we'll never stop helping right. because of the the kids. So, yeah, sorry about that. I no. just that caught me off guard. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, the last question, brother. Um, what one person has most impacted your thinking on the issues surrounding the care of orphan and vulnerable children? I mean, th- th- this is not a shameless plug. It's It's been you, uh, honestly, Phil. And I've never said that. This is not something that's... That's just an honest answer. Um, and it was through your book. And, and, uh, and I mean, I, I know what you do. I mean, we're friends. But it wasn't until I read that book that I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we've known each other for years, mm-hmm. years. So, um, yeah, I'd have to say to you in regards specifically to that. That's very humbling. Thank you. Thank you for that encouragement and all the encouraging words you said. And I know Keith will be extremely encouraged about that as well. And, Good. and uh, you know, as we as we wrap up again, thanks so much for your life. Um, impacts that on me and so many, so many others. Uh, and I, I look forward to seeing how God continues to work in and through you and Eileen um, and your family and the ministry uh, that ATP is doing. So thanks a lot. Does that mean you're interested in letting me do a Tupperware party at Joe's house? I, I, I may, I'll have to talk to, Be- to Beck about that, but we may be able to work that out. I, I think I can give you like, don't they give a free gift or something, a, a jello roll or something because you hosted a party. Listen to me. I sound like I actually, I semi sound like I know what I'm talking about. So as we wrap up, cause we could go on forever. So I'm going to, I'm going to do our listeners a favor and wrap this up. Um, but if you do want to find out more about Victor or Tupperware, you can go to the show notes for this and it'll all be there. Do so it. thanks Victor. God bless you. God bless your audience too. Love you, man. Well, 
you all got a taste there at the end of why I was a little concerned to do this interview with Victor. I was worried that a lot of it was going to break down into what he did at the end. So fortunately for everyone involved, including myself, um, there was only a little bit of that um, with Victor. But as you saw, the guy is real. He's honest. He's raw. um, And he is just a man that is led by the spirit as much as I've seen in any man um, that I've ever met. And so it was a treat for me and I hope it was a treat for you as well. So Kelly, what, what are you thinking about that part too? I think he would definitely be someone that you would want to have at a dinner party for sure. Um, (laughs) just the stories that he shares are just captivating. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that he, uh, you know, took the time to, uh, invest in, into a movie like Triggered of just bringing up trauma and how it affects, um, you know, so many people that you don't even realize. And so I think as a mom of a child who's experienced trauma that we are seeing, um, the trauma is over, but the effects of trauma um, are still being played out in different ways. And so I think just when people begin to understand that there are people all around us who have probably experienced some sort of trauma and and beginning to kind of look deeper than the behaviors and look below those behaviors to really um, kind of get into what what's why are they acting that way or what is what has triggered that or what is the reason for some of those things that maybe we see, you know, kind of coming out in behavior or lifestyle, then I think it, it's when we really can begin to come in and do the work of of living out the gospel, of, of really providing um, support and, and direction as far as, you know, the the resources that usually families need or individuals need to, to kind of learn how to cope with the trauma and how to um, process it and how to change, um, not change, but just really kind of look at um, where where is it affecting them? Where is it triggering them? And just kind of do the work that's needed. So, you know, I'm, I'm just super thankful for, for that. So what about you, Phil? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that always blows me away with, with ATP and, and the work they're doing is just they give the stuff away. I mean, th- this is a movie that they could sell, they could put it online and they could, you know, make a t- money on it. Not a ton, probably. They could make money on it for everyone and, and limit who it gets out to. But because, as he said... You know, this is something they're giving away because he truly wants this to stop people from spiraling downwards, as he said, to stop people from breaking up marriages because of what trauma does. 22 veterans are, are dying a day because of trauma, you know, and that's something that he he takes seriously and he has a heart and a burden for that. And I know from talking with him um, just about what he's seen and done over in Iraq. The videos that you can go online, go to, go to the, the website, the YouTube, Victor Mark's YouTube page, and you'll see these videos in Iraq. You'll see these videos in youth prisons. You'll see the things that he's doing and he's encountering and these conversations he's having and these people that he's talking to. And that stuff is not staged. That stuff is real. The stuff we talked about on the show is real. It happens every day around the world. And that's the thing that, that you realize, you know, when you talk to Victor, that you realize when you talk to people working in around the world, those of you listening around the world, you know, I mean, people are people, people that experience trauma are broken and people, all of us are broken in different ways, but people that experience trauma are broken in ways that whether they're in the U S whether they're in Iraq, whether they're in Burma, whether they're in Honduras, whether they're in Peru or anywhere else in the world, 
there's a lot of the common issues that we need to really enter in and we really need to um, hopefully, you know, a movie like Triggered, uh, the, the ministry that Victor and, and ATP are doing, hopefully all of that will be able to um, make a difference. We'll be able to come in and help people to first of all realize that they're not alone. To, to, to also realize there are people there that are wanting to help and there are people there that can help. As he said, there is always hope. That's kind of how we ended last episode. There's always hope. When you know God, there's definitely always hope. And this is hopefully a way that people can see that in real ways in a, in a, in a movie form. So go on, check it out. Go online at triggerthemovie.com and, and you can, you'll see that, that, that on the uh, show notes for this episode, you can see the the website there. But go on and see how you can screen it at your church. Screen it in a movie theater near your home. Um, you know, get it out there to people. Share it with people. Um, this is something that will be a resource again, and it's free. It's something that you, he wants to give away, and he is giving away, as with all the other resources on the ATP site. So, what else? What else stuck out to you in that in that uh, interview, Kelly? You know, I think. I think a lot of what I love about the guests that we're able to uh, have on the podcast are it. I feel like it makes the world a little bit smaller, and it makes mm. um, it brings issues that are happening in um, you know in the Middle East. It, it kind of brings them to our front door, and I think he does. He did that beautifully. Um, you know, just the sheer amount of children who will be affected by ISIS. I think he said fourteen million. Um, Mm -hmm. I cannot wrap my mind around that. Um, I cannot um, just, you know, it's so easy to say, well, that's over there and it's not even affecting us. And so I can put it out of my mind. But just that realization that, you know, the the world's children are are all God's children. And Mm -hmm. and and so therefore there are children as well. And so what affects them is going to eventually affect us. And just having that mindset of, um man, we, we, there, I don't know, just seeing the world differently and, and realizing that, you know, these children are, are growing up and the things that are affecting them today, we're going to see come out later in life. And so just that understanding that I'm just, you know, I think a lot of times with churches, especially we want to go on these very safe mission trips. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and we want to go to places where there's not, the risk of, you know, anything really bad happening. And so just the fact, you know, high risk missions. I mean, just the fact that there are people that are willing, it doesn't make the need any less just because it's high risk. It doesn't mean that the, you know, that, that the church is not called to go there because of a risk of life and limb. So I don't know, just the fact that hopefully through things, you know, like what he's sharing and listening to podcasts like I like ours and just having that global mindset of, you know, we are all, um, you know, we're, there's always something that we can do. So what about you? Yeah, you know, hearing his stories again, and I couldn't hear it enough, just about how God led him to have meetings with high-ranking Muslim official. I mean, I, these clerics, these sheikhs, he's meeting with these guys. He's not some expert in the field. He's not some mediator. You know, I have a friend who's a mediator in the Middle East. Victor's not that. Um, He's a guy who went over there to help kids who were traumatized by ISIS. And because this guy heard about Victor doing this, he said, I don't want to meet with a government official. I don't want to meet with some bigwig. I want to meet with a guy who's coming to Iraq to help kids who are 
who are my kids, my people, and he's helping them because he loves them. What's going on with that? This guy had never met with a Christian leader before. And he says, I want to meet with Victor, which is crazy. It's crazy. But he says, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer that call. And he goes and does it. And then you heard what happened. It's, it's just, it's amazing stuff. And then to hear him break down, if, if, you know, if you didn't really listen to his answer on about the little girl, uh, he's seeing these kids face to face. Go back and listen to that again. I'm not even going to say it again. You need to go back and do it. Listen again. Because that's what it's about. As he said, it changes you. That changes things when you see these things, when you know these things. Now, folks, you know these things. So you're changed, whether you like it or not. And so what do you do with that? And that's something that I just really appreciate about Victor. And I appreciate about so many of you out there doing this work that I've met and I know well, that you've seen these things, it did change things, it changed you, and you did something about it. And that's something that I just hope and pray that we all do. We do something about these things that we're seeing and we're hearing on this show and otherwise. Absolutely. You know, I think just the fact that, you know, fear um, so often dictates our actions. And so just kind of... uh, learning to set those things aside and just follow after what God is leading you to do, which is, I feel like, mm-hmm. exactly what Victor has modeled so well. So with that, Phil, why don't you share um, what you, the book that you wanted to recommend? Yeah, so today on the, on the Phil and Kelly Recommends part of this show, I'm going to recommend a book that has been on my reading list for a long time. And I've heard so many podcasts by this author that I felt like I didn't really need to go and read the book um, until I kept hearing that I needed to read the book, even though I've heard the podcast. So I did, and I'm so glad I did. The book is Essentialism by Greg McCown. And many of you out there, I'm assuming, have at least heard of it. Many of you have probably read it. If you haven't, pick it up, read it. It's something that really, it's the it's the disciplined pursuit of less. And, and it's really just to say, you know, I need to figure out what I'm created to do and I need to focus on those things. And, and it really gives an understanding of why that is to not let other people dictate what you do all the time to not, you know, set meetings that you really don't, that don't help you further what God has you here for. So it's something that is a book that I really, um, have learned a ton from, and I'm looking forward to applying it in, in a lot of different ways in my life. So go out, check it out. And, um, yeah, and hopefully it will help you as it's helping me and has helped so many others, um, to really, uh, just be, you know, to be able to discern, uh, what God has for you, the purposes he has for you and how you can fulfill those purposes in ways that glorify and honor God, um, in, in awesome, awesome ways. And so with that, we are going to wrap up another show. And I just hope and pray that you take all these things, as we just talked about, that, that Victor has, has shared with us, um, that Kelly and I have, have shared. Um, and you can take these things to help you to love orphaned and at-risk children better and better every day. We hope you've enjoyed today's Think Orphan podcast. For all the information in this week's podcast, please visit us at thinkorphan.com. 
You too can be part of the conversation. Send your questions to info at thinkorphan.com or join us on the Think Orphan Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again on the next edition of Think Orphan. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.